there's got to be key people that have the knowledge base to be able to see to it that things get done. Hi, and welcome to the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. This is Lisa Gonzalez. David Asp, Network Collaboration Engineer for Dakota County, and Rosalie McCready, .NET Systems Analyst, joined Chris this week to talk about the county's fiber optic network. Serving schools, libraries, and a long list of public facilities, the network keeps operations coordinated while saving public dollars. One of the factors that helped community leaders expand the reach of the network is a long-standing Dig Once policy and the culture that has emanated from it. Recognizing the savings, benefits, and value of Dig Once to other entities working in Dakota, county personnel developed any and all opportunities to collaborate. Chris, David, and Rosalie discussed the inspiration for establishing the collaborative approach that led to the network's success. For some communities, especially in rural areas, smart policies like Dig Once, collaboration, and innovation are a must for a successful result. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell, and today I'm speaking with two folks from a little bit south of me in the Dakota County Department of Information Technology. We've got David Asp, a network collaboration engineer. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And Rosalie McCready, .NET Systems Analyst. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, I'm very excited to have both of you on because, frankly, there's a lot of talk about uh, dig once type approaches, and I think some of it is aspirational, and a lot of it hasn't really been figured out in many cases. But Dakota County has it going on, and at a recent event I was at, I said, and I, I believe it's true, that if every county had people like you doing the things you've been doing, we would not have a broadband problem in this country. Certainly not to the extent that we do. So um, let's let's dig into that a little bit. Uh, Rosalie, will you tell us the name of this software that you've developed for the county? The name is One Stop Roadway Permit Shop. This is, is fascinating because it's one of those things that I think really gets down into the trenches of how to make a difference and coordinate all the different things that are going on, making sure we have every opportunity to get fiber and conduit into the roads and under the streets at an affordable price when the roads are open. So let me just start by asking you, David, what is the problem that this software solves? A couple years ago, we had a company called Zayo that came in and was uh, trying to coordinate countywide to put in uh, 4G uh, wireless for several of the big providers, their construction company. And they wanted to uh, put in permits, and we didn't have a good system to have uh, every city in the county plus the county, because there's uh, jurisdictions that have right-of-ways, um, and some are next to each other, and some they on county roads, some are state roads, and it got to be overwhelming of everybody trying to attend uh, all the meetings, and we wanted to try to look at Google's approach of uh, some of what Google has asked is uh, how can it, things be streamlined for permitting. So that's the approach that we looked at. How could we work with the cities and the county and try to develop a web system page that it's a one-stop uh, roadway permitting uh, stop where you just enter in the data and the data uh, will automatically send out uh, 
emails then to the proper people so that people can uh, ask for their permits and they don't need to have all of these uh, meetings and phone calls and every, you know, trying to get a hold of numerous people. So one side of this would be that the uh, a company like Zayo, it's much easier for them to get the permission that they need to be in the right of way to lay fiber. Correct. And the other part of it is each one of the cities can then have uh, a simpler method, the web uh, link on their page and the county on their page, and everybody goes to one location and they fill out one form, and it's very simplified. And then a different benefit, I would think, would be uh, that more people might be notified than otherwise would be the case. If if Zayo was just um, alerting people in Lakeville that it was uh, going to be opening up a trench, now because they've filled this form out, you would know, whereas before you might not know as a, as a county official. Is that right? Yes. We uh, have our transportation department uh, working uh, more and a lot of the city engineers working more with the county and we know what's taking place and uh, can better collaborate on this and other projects um, so that we can plan ahead using our capital uh, improvement uh, budget to know what's coming and it isn't a you know the process is a lot uh, quicker and easier to do. Now, I'm curious, Rosalie, you, you helped to design this software and write it. Uh, what were some of the challenges? I mean, in my mind, I would think, don't, isn't this software already out there? There is software that is out there. Um, the only problem with it is you pay, pay a vendor a specified amount every single month, and it's one form. And in this case, it was the utility right-of-way application. We host... 12 different permits. We do charge each of the cities a fee to hold, hold their data and their images that a drastically reduced fee. So you're able to do it in a, a much more inexpensive uh, way by having built it yourself. Correct. We can do it inexpensive and we can do it with our rules instead of someone else telling us what the rules should be. And what's an example of a rule? Some cities can only go on certain roads. Others have open roads. So we have different restrictions on roads. And so this might be um, based on whether it's a county road or a city road or or on other factors. I'm just, you know, it's one of those things where I think most of us really have no idea how our cities work. (laughs) (laughs) In some of the roads, people may think that they are county when they are actually city. Um, So we have a lot of directing. So we have forwarding of permits to different cities. So basically, this is a solution that because you did it yourself, it's it's flexible, it fits uh, you know, our situation here in the metro area of Minnesota, and what's nice is that it's a lot less expensive. Correct. Uh, David, I guess I, I want to come back to you for this. What's happened since you've rolled out this software? And, and I, let me just say that I know that you did get an award from it from the National Association of Counties uh, because it's such an effective way of solving the problem of making it easy for people to permit and alerting the people who need to be alerted. Uh, but what of other impacts have been? A lot more collaboration between the different groups because uh, we can forward and see what's going on uh, where we've been working a lot more with the cities uh, that when a permit uh, 
comes in for a big uh, dig once type project, we can uh, work together on it and plan, have some uh, funding set aside to say, well, they're going to have the ditch open, let's work with you. And uh, we get more details uh, submitted with drawings and different other uh, details that can be just attached to the permit. So there's a lot more flexibility and uh, it's easier to use. And then more types, not just the right-of-way permits, but other type of uh, wide vehicles and different other types. There's numerous other types of permits that are tied into this, not just the right-of-way permit with the utilities and other pieces. So uh, the whole process is growing. The Cedar Avenue busway or bus rapid transit that was developed, uh, was this permitting uh, software ready in time for that? And can you walk us through how it expedited that corridor? It was in the process of being developed at that time. It wasn't implemented. I tried to coordinate with the cities independently as part of it, and the county uh, had the um, consultants, and we worked to put in four-inch conduit besides the county's uh, two-inch conduit uh, so that Apple Valley in Minnesota, in Lakeville, each one of the towns, uh, as it progressed, uh, we were able to put in larger conduit. And then uh, Dakota Electric, the local electricity company, we put conduits around their electrical lines. So we coordinated and uh, more collaboration of what was taking place at the time. It is a good example then of how uh, along this very important road that goes through the county and through these different towns that was being rebuilt for a transit project, you were able to make sure everyone was on the same page. Uh, you were able to put in a lot of fiber. You lowered the cost for all kinds of people. I mean, you were telling me that Metro Transit actually needs fiber to each of those buildings that it maintains where passengers wait so they can have video cameras and they can monitor humidity and, and in case there's a leak or something like that, they can they can do all kinds of things. What are some of the other impacts that come from getting this fiber in the ground you know, in a coordinated fashion? We've had to work a lot with handing out IP addresses um, because before we had a system where the uh, intersections had older copper that road salt, because we use a lot of road salt up here in Minnesota, uh, corroded the copper and we would put in fiber optic cable. We used to have to use a 1200 baud, uh, really old modem uh, to dial in. Now they're all on uh, high-speed Ethernet, uh, gigabit, you know, 1,000 meg Ethernet um, between them so we can uh, uh, interconnect them and put in between 12 and 15 IP addresses uh, because of uh, all of these cameras they've got at the intersections and sensors and you know backup systems. We have computer cards right in the traffic signals so we can coordinate them uh, so that if a bus is running behind uh, in the traffic because of heavy rain or snow, the light will see that and know where the bus is and can uh, add a few seconds, seven seconds, ten seconds onto the traffic light, make the traffic to get, because we have buses that end up going to the Mall of America uh, and need to be on time for the light rail around the cities. Now, how much of how much of that sort of coordination is a result of the software uh, versus the fact that you've been incredibly willing to pick up the phone and build relationships with people working in IT departments around the county? I think it's a little bit of both where 
We've used the collaboration to build this application, and uh, we've used relationships that uh, Rosalie relationship with her transportation right-of-way person and the other you know pieces where all of our departments are working more closely together so we can tie our parks in uh, we could tie in uh, our various other buildings and uh, uh, coordinate as we're putting in uh, these traffic uh, um, signals uh, we're coordinating to put in, um, like in Burnsville, uh, Minnesota, we put in uh, a line to the local deed workforce center. We also connected up a library and that are along the same uh, traffic road um, so that we can connect up schools and uh, various other, the zoo and different sites, fire stations and different things along the same routes that we're putting in these traffic signals. The application, the one-stop roadway permitting, uh, makes it so that we have the right permits and we can coordinate with all of the cities and we fill out one form at one location and everybody then gets the information for which jurisdiction needs to be involved. Some roads are uh, highway roads that are county managed and other roads are city Right, and if you're putting in fiber or conduit, you have to fill out the same permits as uh, Zayo or another private provider would, right? Correct. And I try to coordinate with the uh, cities so that the city managers know ahead of time what's taking place. Okay, so I I live north of you in Ramsey County, the the, the smallest county in Minnesota uh, by size, but we haven't been able to get anywhere close to this sort of level of sophistication. Uh, I'm I'm really curious then, Rosalie, the software that you've developed is that something that other counties could use? It is. And I'm going to tread lightly. The person who runs our transportation um, area, it was I call it his brainchild because it was his. If he wasn't the one who pushed it, it probably would have never been developed. And it was a lot to do with his coordination and his um, personal personal experience and his relationships with the other cities and the engineers. He also coordinates with the state engineers, and the state hasn't, has expressed interest in it. Um, the only problem with that is we're only allowed to share so far. We could possibly, if a software company were to purchase it from us, then it could be distributed farther. But because that hasn't happened, it's very intrinsic to us and the cities within Dakota County. So even if it's not possible to take this specific software, I would think that probably you would be willing to at least share your expertise and lessons learned with other counties and maybe they'd be able to develop it themselves or you know, even work with a third party to develop something that would be generally available. Correct. We have had a third party vendor come in and express interest in developing it themselves and I haven't heard back on if they're going to or if they have already started but we did give them our expertise on how to start it. We have also had additional counties, Washington County, Carver County, and a few of our southern counties have expressed interest, and one of them was able to get a copy of it for free under a different director. Um, <laughs> That's how things usually work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as far as I know, it hasn't been developed. 
one of the things that, that I just really appreciate is, is getting into the, the nuts and bolts because, uh, frankly, I think it, it really gives us a better sense of where things work and where they don't rather than just saying, yeah, everyone should have a dig once policy, getting a sense of, of how you do it, I think. And we've only scratched the surface here with a piece of it, but it's very helpful. And so uh, I want to thank you both for coming on the show. Uh, and I want to give you a chance to, is there anything else that you want to note about this? Um, David, before I give you the mic, let me just say that um, <laughs> you and I could talk about this for hours and hours of shows. And I think you would not repeat yourself even once with the things that are going on in Dakota County and the, the incredible network that's been built connecting all the schools and libraries. Um, but is there is there a main takeaway you might offer other counties? I think people is the big. We have, uh, as Rosalie pointed out, uh, Gordon Butch McConnell, and uh, our right away manager, and he deserves a lot of credit because he put a lot of effort into the coordinating with all of the cities of the state, and he's done this for years. Um, so. The takeaway that I can give is there's got to be key people that have the knowledge base to be able to see to it that things get done. Excellent. And Rosalie, do you have any closing comments about uh, the sort of these issues? There's still ongoing issues that you know Gordon and each of the additional cities that have come on board have noticed with the software, and we're continually making improvements. So it's good to know it's not perfect, but we're working towards it being more user-friendly and more able to get additional permits on board for them. That's good to hear. Uh, It's been a while since I wrote software, but I do recall the adage that software is never finished, it's just abandoned. So I'm I'm glad that you're continuing to improve it and it hasn't hit that point. No, it hasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you both for coming on the show. Thank Thank you. you. Be sure to check out our new report, All Hands on Deck, in which we provide detailed accounts of Dakota County's project and 11 other Minnesota communities. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Community Nets. This week, we want to thank the Bomb Busters for their song, Good to Be Alone, licensed using Creative Commons. And thanks for listening. <laughs>